The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we talked to Lori Bregman, a renowned doula and a friend of ours, each of our own real-life doulas, but more importantly, the person that introduced Jess and I together. We love her. We love her energy and the way she empowers mothers and fathers to be to have a meaningful and connected birth experience. Lori's been a doula for over 20 years, a women's empowerment coach, author of Mindful Mom to Be and Mama Stay. She's the co-founder of Seed Life Superfoods and runs a virtual platform to support women throughout motherhood. In today's episode, we talk about the benefits of a doula, ways your partner can be supportive in birth and throughout pregnancy, and the things parents can do to feel supported and empowered whether they have a doula or not. We also get personal with our own birthing stories, how to transform your hospital room into a tranquil birthing environment what questions to ask your doctor, how to approach a birthing plan, and so much more. She's a huge inspiration to both of us. She's part of our village, and she's changed her life in endless ways, and you're going to love her. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you girls? We're so good. I miss you both so much. We miss you so much. It is so good to see your face. I can't even tell you. It's so good to talk to you, like all three of us, actually, because you're the reason that Jess and I met. And I don't know, it just seems so full circle that we're all here chatting. Seems like so long ago that we were like all like, and I put you guys together. And do you know how happy this makes me to see you guys, you girls doing this together? Like this makes me the happiest in the world. Like I'm just like clapping and like, oh my God, look what they're doing together. It's so sweet. I mean, you're the ultimate matchmaker and you've just changed Haley and my life, you know, introducing us, but in our own pregnancies and postpartum journeys and really in every way, you've just inspired us so much. So we're just so excited to be able to pick your brain today and share just all of your wonderful guidance with everyone because you've been so pivotal in our lives. That makes me so happy. Yeah, you guys didn't just birth babies, but you birthed this whole new platform, which is incredible. It's so fun. Before we get started, just so that everyone knows before we go into this, can you just really quickly explain what a doula is and what you do? Yeah. So doulas are women that take care of, that nurture and take care of women through pregnancy, birth, and into new motherhood. Every doula works differently. We nurture, we educate, we advocate, we support. It's really a support system. Without judgment, we don't deliver babies, but we work with doctors and midwives as a team to, you know, help you have, you know, the amazing pregnancy and birth and, and that transition period afterwards into new motherhood. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of my best investments in my birth because 
not only did it help me, but it helped Tyler really know how to support me. And it just helped calm the whole room. And I felt like I was supported through the whole pregnancy or the whole pregnancy. Yes. But also the whole birthing process, because I felt like the nurses are in and out, you know, they're busy. They're going from room to room and your doctor doesn't stay the whole time, obviously. And so just having that support system and someone to reassure you, and especially having you was just amazing. It gave me the best peace of mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm as much as I love the births, I love taking people through the whole journey. So, you know, supporting them through the pregnancy, I feel builds such a deep relationship. So by the time we go into the room, it's like, we're so connected and I know you. And, and, and I think people, especially with, with what just happened in the pandemic with COVID, women weren't getting the support they needed. They were spaced out doctor's appointments. They were in and out. The partners weren't allowed to come. They were going to a hospital, which was if they did choose to birth in a hospital, which was, you know, everything was changing day by day. And uh, just to have that person that's that one familiar face that you can count on, I think is really important. And I think, Lori, you're just such a unique doula. Before I found you, I really didn't feel what the benefit of a doula was. And the way that you doula with starting and building that relationship, you know, from the second you find out you're pregnant throughout the birthing process, just change, I mean, change the game for me. I know change the game for Haley, where we're so connected to you. Like when I see you now, I feel as if you are part of my family. It's just, I feel such a connection and a bond. I mean, how can you not when you go through that intimate journey with somebody on the deepest Mm -hmm. level? I mean, it is so intimate and so vulnerable, such a vulnerable time. You know, I feel honored to be able to support you both. Well, thank you. We were both lucky to have you. And it was also just such a fun process too, because I was just thinking about the time that you came on the road with us. I mean, I was a week from my due date, maybe like five or six days from my due date. And Tyler was still on tour. And I was like, I have to go on the road. I have to do it. I can't miss out. And so we went on the road and you came with us and we all just hopped on the bus. So fun. And it was you and Katie. And at the time it was just Olivia. Oh my gosh. It was just Olivia. And I, that child is, I mean, all your kids are magic, but that child is, she is such a magical little light of sparkle. That's all I have to say. But that was so fun. I was praying. I was like, let's have the baby on the bus. It'll be such an adventure. What a good story this will be. And I was like, I could, I was like shocked. You didn't go into the labor in the middle of like, we mapped out the hospitals along the way. I know. I know. I I feel like um, all the FGL team, like all the crew, they were all ready. Like I think every single day, every single city, they had a new strategy and I think secretly we just hoped that it would happen on the road just for a cool story, but I'm, I'm really happy it did happen at home. I am so glad because when we were on the bus and it was like jiggling and like going, you know what I mean? I was like, this wouldn't be a great place to labor. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Haley would always like just shocks me as, as you and Tyler are so connected, but it was like truly that it was that moment when you got home, you had a window of like, what was it? 24, 48 hours that Tyler was home? 48 hours. Not even 48 hours. Oh yeah, it was 48. I knew she wasn't going to go into labor without him. They're just too connected. I mean, they have such a, and same with you and Josh. I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys are like relationship, both of you girls, relationship goals. I mean, um, you both have such incredible partners and such deep connection with your, with each other that, um, and I've chills all over my legs as I'm saying this because it's so inspiring, but I knew Haley wasn't going to go. She was, she was like, what if I go into labor? I'm like, 
this baby's not coming without him. You're, you're too connected. And the minute he walked in, the contractions just started. At 1 a.m. in the middle of the night, I was in a dead sleep because he had like a one-off show that they had to go to. And so he walked in at 1 a.m. and literally they started the second he got into bed. Mm-hmm. And a few hours later, we were headed to the hospital. <laughs> I know. And Laura, I think that's something about you that's so amazing as, as a doula is that you really become part of the team. You become part of the family and you become part of the medical team. You work so closely with the providers and you make sure you're really the glue that holds everything together and supports it all. And I think, I just don't think we talk enough about birth planning, the support that you need, you know, what are just the benefits of a doula and what should you think about during pregnancy that sometimes we don't think about birth until it happens. And then it just, you know, you don't get to shape the birth in the way that you want it. So uh, today we really just want to talk, how can we support women and what can women do to feel empowered about their birth and whether they have a doula or not, what are things that they should be thinking about and doing? Okay. Where do I even start? Uh, (laughs) A- Pick your care providers wisely. I think think about your birth intention. And I like to say intention because birth is really unpredictable. Jess, you had the quickest birth in the world. I mean, you could <laughs> like basically, I think you threw up your baby out or something. It was like, and 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 like that's not what you as a first-time mom, you you know, it goes different sometimes than you imagine. And each birth is completely different. And sometimes things happen in birth that you don't plan for. So I always say, set your intentions, work for them, get your team together that supports your intentions. No judgment. Nobody should ever judge you or throw their projections onto you. And make sure that your care provider, your doula, your midwife, everybody's in line with with what your you know, your intention is. And then like educate yourself on other things. Like what if you did have to get induced? How would that look? Or what if things took a crazy turn and you needed a C-section? So it's really important. I find that the fear comes a lot with the unknown and there's so much unknown in birth. So if you're kind of prepared and ready for everything, but really gearing towards your intention, I think that's one thing. And your care provider is really important because they are the ones that are, you know, will definitely be behind you calling the shots and learning about which something that a lot of doctors are starting to talk about more is called informed consent, which means they can suggest something. They can say, oh, you're 39 weeks. I suggest induction. And you can ask some questions. And then you really, there's this thing called brain, which is what are the benefits? What are the risks? What's my intuition say? What are the, you know, what's the alternatives? And what if I did nothing? And then take some time to think about it because just because they suggest something, and of course, if there's a medical reason like a client of mine the other day had preeclampsia and she's like, I don't want to be induced. I'm like, honey, I know, but you know what? This is like, this is a reason to be induced. Um, But if it's just because it's 39 weeks and it's convenient, you might choose a different way. And you have that choice that is called informed consent. So to really learn about that, hiring a doula, you know, somebody said to me the other day, who should hire a doula? I think everybody should be able to have access to a doula. There's all different kinds of doulas. Every doula works differently. You find a doula that you vibe with, that has, you ask about their philosophy. How long have they been doing it? What's their approach? What do they offer? And you go with who feels right, honestly. And maybe they worked with your doctor before and, or, or midwife, and how do they work with them? And these are questions to ask. I don't feel like you can have enough support during this time, especially with what's been happening in the world as of you know this last year. What are some good questions to ask your doctor or midwife to see if they're a good fit? 
I would talk about your birth intentions. I think, you know, a lot of some doctors that I work with are like, it's 20 weeks. And my clients are like, let's talk about our my birth intentions. They're like, it's too early. Let's talk about it when you're 30 something weeks. But by then, if you talk about it that late, they might not be the right fit. And then you don't have time to really, you do. I've had people switch doctors literally at their due date, but you might not have time to switch and you want to make sure your team is all on the same page. So I'd ask about that. I'd ask what their C-section rate is, you know, um, their transfer rate, if they're midwives, what their philosophy is. I mean, really it's like, what's, what's their, everybody has a different philosophy. I have my philosophy is there's no right way to do it. I take the individual, I look at that person, I support you, whatever you want. Um, but I help you find your truth and then support you in it. So what do they have to offer? Like, what are their packages? What, are, what do you get with them? Do they spend time with you? Do they walk in and catch the baby? you like, when do they come at the birth? I mean, there's so many questions to ask, but people plan for weddings. And this day, your birth is going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And a lot of it is how you were treated and how your birth was handled. So even when things can go awry, there can be birth trauma there. But really, if you weren't heard or supported or you don't feel like your choices were being taken away and, and things weren't handled in a, in a respectful way, that stays with you. Wow. That's pretty powerful to think about mm-hmm. how much we invest in weddings and other things in our life. But yet, I mean, for our birth, we of course get all the things that we think we need, but we often don't think about a, a coach or a doula. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and something you said that's just, I mean, this is your philosophy. This is your philosophy, but saying it in this way is just so powerful. It gave me chills, but there's no right way to do it. Is like, it's tying into what you said before, which is think about what your intentions are for your birth. So you're putting it out there, but then kind of problem solve. So if I need to be induced, how can I make it so that I can still have this meaningful birth that I think about and this beautiful story, no matter what happens, whether it's a planned C-section, an unplanned C-section, a vaginal birth, medicated, unmedicated. There's so many questions to be asked, but at the end of the day, a birth is a birth. And so really taking that power back and saying, there's no right way to do it. But the thing that I can focus on is what my intention in it is. Yeah. And like what works for your best friend or your sister or your mother might not work for you. And, and when I think too, when you cling too heavily to an idea, I think it's good to work towards it, but there's got to be some, some wiggle room. Otherwise you become too rigid. And when you become rigid, your body tightens and you can't let go. So um, there's got to be, like I always do with my clients is set our attentions and then give it to God and we're going to work towards it. And, you know, there's a whole karmic thing happening with your child. Your little baby has its own little agenda about how, what time they want to come into this world. And you can do everything to try to speed it up or make it happen. But if they're not ready and they have a different plan and a different entrance point, it's going to happen, you know, for their own little small Mm -hmm. Yes, they will. They definitely will. (laughs) Let's spend a minute talking about one of our favorite vitamins, Ritual. You've heard us talk about Ritual before on the podcast and our website because we love the product so much. When Ritual reached out to be our first sponsor of the podcast, we couldn't say yes fast enough. That's because Ritual is a brand we trust and I've recommended them since they first released their prenatal vitamin. I even took their prenatal vitamin when pregnant with Bryce a couple of years ago, long before they became a sponsor of the podcast. The vitamins we take need to be made from the highest quality ingredients so we can trust that what we're taking is giving our bodies the nutrients it actually needs. So here's what we love about Ritual. They make great products with quality ingredients. I'm all about the highest quality ingredients in bioavailable forms so that your body can actually digest the vitamins you take. They're transparent with where they source all their ingredients from so you know they have nothing to hide. They have a -a one-of-a-kind visible supply chain so you can actually go on their website and trace where all their ingredients come from. 
They give your body the key nutrients it needs and were actually designed to fill in the gaps of your diet. So there's no secret added ingredients or fillers in them. It just really gives your body what it actually needs. And with just two pills a day, you get what you need and they're easy to digest because they're a delayed release capsule. If you've ever tried Ritual, you know they actually taste good without any aftertaste and they don't upset your stomach, which for me was such a game changer, especially during pregnancy. But finally, they're delivered right to your door monthly. So you don't ever have to stress out about getting more when you're running low. And they're just delivered right to you when you need them without any hassle. I turned Haley on to Ritual, have been recommending to my clients for years and use them myself. I cannot recommend them enough. And you know, I have a very strict criteria when I'm recommending any vitamin to my clients or listeners. So get the key nutrients you need without the BS. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash living to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash L-I-V-I-N-G to start your ritual today. I love how you really have followed your passion in all of this. And and it really does show. I mean, even from the moment I read your book in the middle of my first pregnancy, I was like, I have to meet this woman and I want her to deliver my babies. And your book is is called Mindful Mom to Be for anyone that is listening. And it's the book that I give to every single new pregnant mom. It's my favorite book. Cassie Kelly gave it to me. She's a really good friend. And it's literally so good. You've been such a big supporter of of me and all that I'm doing. And I just appreciate you so much. Seriously. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, thanks for creating amazing things. <laughs> what inspired you to write it? So I had created this program years ago that I was doing with all my clients. Got about like 10, 15 years ago with all my pregnancy clients called Rooted for Life, which was creating a solid foundation for both you and your baby to grow from. And it was basically the Mindful Mom-to-Be book that I was doing one-on-one with people. And we were creating these roots, you know, uh, uh, basically each, each month I'd work on a different theme with them and I would give them holistic remedies and we would, you know, talk about stuff. And so basically that book is about, um, is basically my program in a book form. I wrote another book called Mama Stay, which is again, like, is, is about the five mom types that I, cause I work with all different kinds of people. And I, it really was about judge when we judge another, we're really, there's a part of ourself that we're judging and how we can be whole and integrate that missing piece in. And it's a way for other mothers to like get along with other mothers and women. And then I have the doula deck, which is, I'm so, I love my doula deck. It's uh cards that you can pick for pregnancy, birth, and new motherhood. And they're broken up into three categories. And it's just like mindful practices and exercises and things just to grab when you feel like you need a little extra support. I love the doula deck. It's right behind me on my bedside. Oh, It's my favorite thing to just pull out a card and just get a little recentered. Yeah, they did such a good job. And so much of what you talk about, like through your books and the doula deck and what you do as a doula is everything is about right? Setting your intentions, putting out there what you want to receive back. And it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to follow that plan, but really just taking a step back and looking what are our intentions? What are our intentions for our pregnancy, our birth, postpartum, you know, and beyond. And so much of that, if we, if we're just very clear with what our intentions are, we're putting it out there. Yeah, totally. That's, I mean, everything is awareness. If you have awareness, you can't change anything. You can't do anything without awareness. So what I try to do is plant the seeds of consciousness and let them grow or bring some awareness to a certain area. Um, there's something I do with my uh, in my classes that I teach 
and um, with my clients, which is we create a bubble of peace. And I, we create this bubble for, for them to simmer in during their pregnancy, birth, and in the postpartum period. And it's so interesting creating this bubble because you really see what feeds your, the energy you want to create and really what needs to go. And it's sometimes it's embarrassing. Like people are like, I don't want to say this out loud, but I need to move my mother out of my bubble for a little bit or push her like, you know, and, um, and maybe it's not like, it's not out of your life, but it's just creating some space where you can, because you, it's not feeding that energy that you're trying to create for yourself, like the womb that you're in, because it is a womb, because just like you're giving birth to a baby, you're also giving birth to another part of yourself. You're completely changing. And every time you have another baby, like Haley, you're probably, you've been three different people since you're three different kids, right? Totally. You're probably a very different mother than you were when you first started with Liv and, you know. 10,000%. Yeah. Haley and I could both talk about our experiences with Tyler and Josh during our births and Honestly, that's because of you. Like they, they innately are two human beings that want to show up and want to be a partner and want to be there. But without your guidance, honestly, Josh would not have known how to show up in the way that he did or know what to do to comfort me in those moments and to be there. And the funny, I mean, the funniest story that I, keep, I always go back to is I'll vividly remember you're sitting in our living room and we're talking about the birth and you know, Josh is a doctor and you're like, okay, Josh, are you going to deliver your baby? And the entire pregnancy, Josh was so adamant about not delivering Bryce, right? Like he was just, it's not going to happen. And he just said, I don't want to deliver him because I want to be there for Jess. And I really want to not be in doctor mode. And I want to be able to just step back and be there and see it through the lens of a dad. And then the birth happens. And all of a sudden, he just scrubbed up and delivered Bryce. I mean, do you remember that moment? Uh, But you know what I love about that? (laughs) And I told him too, I was like, Josh, I don't want you to be a doctor. Like this is, I want you to be a support and a husband and you're a partner. And I'm going to give you permission. Like with me there, I will have your back. I will support you both. But if you want to deliver your baby, you can can talk to your doctor about it. (laughs) Um, but But the cool part was he, during the labor part, he really stepped out of the doctor role. And that I was no is hard for him to turn off. And he was able to do that. And I was so happy. And then when it was time to like, the head was coming out and then he was like, I'm scrubbing up and I'm getting in there. But that's also so cool. I mean, you know. Yeah, that is so cool. Your husband delivered your baby. <laughs> that's really special. It's just so funny though, because I think by Lori, you being there to set those intentions, he could show up so much as a dad and as a support system. And then he he delivered him not to deliver him with his doctor hat on, but to really be so connected in that moment. And, and we'll never forget that moment. But the way that you bring the partner in into, this, into the birthing process and make them feel empowered is empowered me. It made my birth better for me. It, it made me feel so connected to Josh in a way that I never expected before. And so what would you say are the top ways if someone's saying, okay, I re- my partner wants to be there and wants to support, what's something they can do to really be in the birth and supportive? Well, first of all, they have to know that how important they are. Like you guys both made this baby together. So the way the baby gets in is the way the baby gets out. And that one way of that is with love, right? The more loving and present and connected your partner is with you, you're going to release all this oxytocin, which actually is the love hormone that brings on contractions, which helps your body just open and flood your body with all those good hormones that make everything just work better. The second thing is out of everyone in that room, the nurses, the midwife, the doctors, the the doula, 
we might know birth, but they know you. They know you better than anybody in that room. And just because it's a different scenario and it's birth, they still know what you need if, you, if you're scared. They still know what, how to touch you, if, how you like to be touched or not touch you. They know what to say to you if you're having a hard time. They know that look in your, in your eye when somebody's bugging you. They know what to do if you feel sick or nauseous, right? What you need. They know you. And that's something that I always try to empower my, the partners is that you know her better than anyone. And don't forget that. It doesn't matter. This is just birth. It's part of life. It's part of it. anything else. Just because the doctors and the, everybody else will you know what's going on with birth and we can talk to you about that, but you know her. And that's something to really remember, to really respect and get on the same team with the choices and boundaries, I think, with who's in the room and, you know, who's coming to visit the baby afterwards and mother-in-laws and mothers and really, you know, and vaccines and all the choices that you have to make to, to really, you know, iron all that stuff out way before the birth. You know, go over your birth plan with them. Let them know what your intentions are. Take classes together because, you know, I feel the more they know, the more useful it'll be. You know, get them interested. They can also connect with your baby. See, sometimes, and I, I feel for these, these partners because this is not happening inside their body. So sometimes there is a little, there's a disconnect during pregnancy because it's not really real for them sometimes because it's not happening inside them as it is for you. So, you know, and, and afterwards too, they feel they're like, oh, she's got the boobs. She's got the, you know, the smell, her smell, her heartbeat to comfort, but they can comfort with their voice. And so I always have my clients, husbands or partners pick out children's books that they liked as a kid, maybe get on Amazon, pick out two or three and just start reading them out loud to the belly, the bump while you're pregnant. Because at yeah. five months, yeah, at five months, your baby can recognize a voice at seven months, oh, sorry, five months it hears at seven months, it recognizes and it'll even pick up the cadence. So that story can be the, the kid's favorite book because it'll remember the cadence and the voice. Plus when the baby needs comforting, all your partner has to do is talk and, you know, and do that. So those are some ways that I think are, are good to help. Haley, you had that oxytocin at 1 a.m. when Tyler came home. It was like a, <laughs> That's what happened. a huge dose of it. <laughs> yep. That's what happened. And I think when you were talking about them recognizing voices... We were on tour with both Olivia's pregnancy and Luca's pregnancy. And I was sitting side stage every night or three days a week and them just hearing it every single night. And I swear, like the second they could talk, the second they could hear a song of Tyler on the radio, they'd be like, Dada. I'm like, how do you know? I mean, I obviously they know their Dada, but I just feel like they really recognize his voice. Yeah. And it's sure. It's wild. I mean, it gives me chills just thinking about it. I know. Luca is like, I think he was really the one that was exposed to a lot of touring and like being there side stage with the all the bass and the booms. Because, you know, you don't really hear as much of the, the true concert sound side stage. It's just like more of the bass sound. And so he, whenever he hears a beat or a song, like he just feels the music and it, he just looks like Ray Charles just getting after it. It's so cute. I'm sure he was doing that in the womb. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. Yeah. And something that you told us to do, which was life-changing for Josh, I think it's actually like the moment that's imprinted. When Josh talks about birth, 
he could not talk about it in a more magical way. Talking, thinking about Bryce's birth, it was the most transformative day of his life. It was a moment that he connected with a human being. It's completely different than he ever has. And you had him do skin to skin, which we talk so much about the mom doing skin to skin, but having the partner do skin to skin after that birth was just so empowering and just brought that connection on so much. And so that's a tip that I think is wonderful for partners. The other thing is too, I always tell is, and the partners really like this, like there is um, when the partner talks, the baby usually opens the eyes and kind of looks up. And then I'm like, gaze into their eyes because it's the closest you'll ever see to their soul. And uh, they're like, I can't wait to do that. And then the top of the head releases all this pheromones that make you fall in love. So just kind of like kiss the top of the head and smell it. And, uh, you know, your voice, you can imprint with your voice. So it's like little birds when they're born, they look up and whoever they lock eyes with, they imprint is that's the mom or that's my parents, right? Sheep, when the little baby sheep are born, they're nudged off to pasture. And all the mom has to do is bow one time and out of a thousand sheep, she just baths and that baby will come back to her. So it's like, this is your first baby's first impression of the world. And, you know, birth can be traumatic. It's traumatic for these little guys, you know, these little babies. Their, their environment changes. They're breathing out of the umbilical cord. They have to switch over and breathe to the lungs. It's like they get, boom, into gravity. It's like a rocket ship coming in down black hole. And then they take their first breath and it's cold and it's wet. And so skin to skin on mom, is the first place. And if mom's not available, the dad's the next place. And something I also want to say about that is sometimes babies have to, they're not able to be with you right away. Something might happen. They might have a hard time transitioning or they might have to go to a NICU. But the sooner you can start skin to skin, the better, you know, just do it when you can. Yeah. And Lori, I think something that you have always said and has just like been imprinted in my soul is that every birth, no matter what it looks like, is natural. Mm-hmm. You may have an intention where you say, I've always wanted a C-section and you have a C-section. You may be someone that has dreamed about a vaginal birth and it happens, or you may be rushed into a C-section. Mm-hmm. And so what's something that women can do to feel empowered and connected during something that is traditionally looked at as so medicalized? Know their choices, because there's a lot of choices that you have in a C-section. Uh, and to write them down in your birth plan in case there, you know, there happens to be an emergency C-section. Like you can have the drape lowered. You can do a delayed cord clamping. You can ask for a gentle C-section, which means they let the baby come out slower. You can ask for skin to skin in the OR. You can play your own music. You can ask them avoid small talk. This is something that I'm seeing so much and I'm like, they don't realize they're, they're just talking away and this person's got rushed back there for a C-section and she's listening to them like as she's scared. So, you know, you can ask, please avoid small talk, like to have your partner, to have your doula there, you know, whatever you need to play a hypno birthing something or a meditation that calms you to talk to the anesthesia about you not being completely out of it. You know, there's a lot of choices that you actually do have and to know them and to actually go over them with your doctor, even though you're not intending for a C-section, if it were to happen, this is something I'd, I'd want. Yeah. And something you just said, have your doula there, you know, just because you're doing a C-section doesn't mean, oh, I don't need my doula now. I feel like then more than ever, it's nice to have a coach to, to calm your nerves because I mean, it's surgery. It's a major surgery in addition to giving birth. So you're doing two major traumas at once. Yeah. There's such a trend 
And I love, I love it. I don't want it to ever go away. But to make, whether you're in a birthing room or an OR, wherever you are, making it a tranquil, serene, and a place to have a magical, intentional birth. And so what are some things people can do to create that intimate feeling in a hospital room, whether it's an OR or the birthing room? So it's so important, your environment. It's In fact, when I teach comfort measures and coping skills, one of the things I always say, one of them is your environment. Because think about, and we all know this, you go to a certain atmosphere, a certain environment that is like, you're like, oh, I feel so good here. I can just relax. Like why spas are so relaxing is the music that's playing and the lighting and the, the smells in the air, right? And hospital environments are not exactly the most sterile, but not exactly the most like dreamy place. Right. And so I always say, bring flameless candles. You don't want to bring regular because, because you could blow up the hospital, which people I've had people be like, look, I brought all my favorite candles. I'm like, oh my God, no, we're going to blow up the hospital, but flameless candles. I do fairy lights and Mason jars, which is people love that. Um, I, I always have my clients either make a birth vision board with with beautiful photos that remind them to surrender, to let go, to to soften, to relax, and then maybe words of affirmation on there, or they can hang their own affirmations all over the room, making a playlist that's calming or meaningful to you to bring aromatherapy and put that in the air or just have it to massage you with is really great. Um, all those things really change the vibe to use natural lighting. You can bring pictures of like people that you would want to hold space for you. So like if, if your mother, I've had people that whose mother have crossed over and they'll bring a picture of their mom in the space and you can really feel their energy there. I'm like, your mom is here. And so they do stuff like that. And then you transform this environment into this place. And I, and I do the same thing at home births. I mean, even though your home is filled with all those things that make you feel calm, to really have the candles going and your crystals around and your photos of loved ones and, and fresh flowers everywhere. All that stuff really helps you feel calmer and more at peace. It does. Because of you, we we had all these tea lights all over our house for my labor. And it was so beautiful because it was at night. It was just going into the evening and it was just special. It was magical with all these candles everywhere and it was dim lighting and obviously it was painful, but still very relaxing. But this time we also did, Tyler did the affirmation cards for me. Oh, And we took your idea of that. And so he wrote things out like, you're so strong. I love the mom that you are. You're an amazing mom. So just things that I could read from him because I was trying to think all the things that you told me like, okay, all the affirmations that give you the oxytocin. I was like, all right, Tyler, this is your job. And and it was really special. And now I have those cards saved. Oh my God. I'm going to actually steal that idea. (laughs) Actually from, it's like from you, but adapted. No, but it's like the partner did it. Speaking of things to bring for the hospital, what are your three or maybe five favorite things that you would have in your hospital bag? My hospital bag or my doula bag? Because there's two different things. Ooh. Okay. Well, let's do both. Let's okay. start with a, a hospital bag. Okay. The hospital bag, I'd probably bring for, for you, I would say a heating pad. So it feels really good in your lower back. It feels really good where you're having some contractions. It also, after you have a baby, it helps your uterus heal. So by 
lay putting a putting the heating pad on your uterus right after birth, it helps soothe and heal your uterus. So I'm a big heating pad. I'd say to bring. I'd also bring for you aromatherapy oils. I think lemon helps with morning sickness. So does peppermint. Peppermint also gives you energy. So if you get tired, you can put some on your temples. If you're nauseous, you can put some lemon oil on a washcloth and smell it. Clary sage helps bring contractions on and help with pain. So you can rub that on your belly with a carrier oil or burn it in the room. Lavender helps relax you. So these are some oils that I would probably bring. Some people like eucalyptus. Sometimes when they're in the shower, I'll put some eucalyptus oil in there because it, again, reminds them of a spa and just you, sometimes you get stuffy during labor as you, I mean, pregnancy, as you know, so it helps open up the sinuses. So those are the labor, those are the oils that I mostly use. And then what else would I have you bring a cozy blanket because yes, just helps feel better and your own pillow and definitely your birth plan. I'd say that would be my other thing as a birth plan, which it do, you don't have to make it in my book, mindful moms to be, it's so long, but it's more of an educational tool than it. You have to write everything down. But less is more, but definitely have that and and just hand them. So you don't have to deal with walking in there at five or six centimeters and having to talk about everything Um, and letting your partner know the plan and also writing down some of the questions they ask you on the birth plan, which is your height, surgeries, allergies, special diet, like all these things. So you can just get transitioned into that room. The other thing I'd have you do is I think it's when you're laboring in your in the hospital gown, you feel like you're having a medical experience, right? You're in the hospital. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think laboring in your own clothes or buying a cute gown that is, or wearing a dress or just being naked also depends, underwear. Those are probably my things I'd say to bring off the top of my head. There's a whole lot I could say to bring, but and a whole lot I'd say not to bring. <laughs> I love that list. And I love the depends. Those have definitely come in handy. And I I stole that from your book. Yeah. There's a really good list in your book. So everyone has to go go check that out. The thing that comes to mind when you say when you say that you put eucalyptus in the shower um, when people are birthing, I literally just snap back to my birth, which is I thought like, okay, once I get into the bath or the shower, I'm going to feel so much better. We got it all set up. <laughs> we got it all set up. I was in there for literally maybe three seconds tops. And I was like, get me out. I need to be on all fours. There was just one position the entire birth I was in. And that was the only birth, the only position that was comfortable for me. The entire, what, two hour birth you were in? (laughs) (laughs) So your birth was really quick. So fast. Yes. The story is, is that it was Memorial Day weekend. My parents happened to be over. I never had any Braxton Hicks ever. And so I had my first contraction and I was like, guys, I'm two weeks early, whatever it was, nine days early. Like this, these aren't real contractions. This is just Braxton Hicks. I sent my parents home and my mom said, you should, I think you're in labor. I'm like, please, I'm not. Within, I'm not kidding, 30 minutes of them leaving. My sister's on the phone with Lori. Josh is holding me up. My water breaks. Lori's like, are you guys sure that her contractions are this close together? Like, why don't you use this app to track it? Because this sounds like a pretty intense labor. Like this went from zero to nothing. And so we tracked it. I remember trying to wash my hair because I wanted to have a nice blow dry for after Bryce came out for pictures. And I couldn't even get my hair blow dried because I was in contractions. Within like 20 minutes, Lori's there. I'm at the hospital and out came Bryce. I feel like your water broke right as I was pulling up. It did as the, as as Josh was opening the door for you. Yeah, and then I was like, "Let me see if it's clear." 
And then it was like game on. It was like trying to get her in the, it was like after a while we stayed and then she was like, I remember in the parking lot of, of, of her building at the time, she like jumped down on the ground on all fours. And I was like, oh my God, this is like fast. This is like going really fast. We get to the hospital and literally she starts like pushing. I mean, oh, what a story. What a story. I mean, we drove in the back seat. I, w- I was on all fours and you were just holding me up and you're just like, Josh, keep going faster. Drive faster. <laughs> like, gotta get us there. <laughs> and your water broke. That's so cool. Not one of my pregnancies, my water broke. You know, only 30% of people's water breaks before labor starts. I mean, hers broke during labor. People like always like, okay, Lori, so when, when, and I'll be, I'll go into labor when my water breaks. I'm like, no, no. So labor, <laughs> your water can break only 30% of people's water breaks before contractions start. The rest of the time it starts usually with, con- with contractions, but your water could break when you're, you know, two centimeters, it could break before labor. It can break when you're nine centimeters, your baby could be born in the sack. Um, so it really is, you know, it, nobody knows when your water is going to break. Well, that is cool. I bet you have so many stories, Lori. How many births have you done? Definitely over a thousand. I mean, Lori, way more than a thousand. Yeah, I, I don't even know at this point. I lost count. I started counting when I first started and then I just, I don't even know anymore. You've changed a lot of lives and brought a, a lot of babies into this world. Oh, I mean, you're changing the next generation. And I think you're helping shaping this conversation of, we hear all the horror stories about birth, but we don't hear the beautiful stories about birth, right? We, we don't hear enough. We, like for me, for example, like I'm short, I'm petite. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people told me I'm going to have to have a C-section or I'm going to be really late. Like my baby's not going to come out. And I w- had a baby nine days early, just naturally that happened. And so I think you're just reframing. Yeah. And Jess, the one thing I will say about you is that you never had any fear about your birth. I remember this. You never had any fear. You were excited. And Haley, you were the same way. You were excited. And uh, it was so refreshing. But I do agree. I think there's there's a, a, a commiserating that happens that let, let's see how we can connect with how horrible our birth stories were. And I have to always remind people that someday this will, you know what I mean? Just as you're like so sick of people are projecting everything onto you that you know, you're taking it in and it, it goes and it's like letting it just pass through you and just understanding that this was their experience doesn't mean it mean it's going to be yours. And, and if anything, you'll hear that there was a million different kinds of experiences because I've never done the same birth twice, even with the same person. Like Jess, if you had another baby, it would be completely different. Haley, I'm sure all three were completely different. So different. Yeah. But you were spot on. You were like, the second's going to come quick. The third. Wow. Well, you never know. <laughs> it's a wild yeah. card. Wild card. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, it's mostly true, but not always. But the other thing is, I remember having clients that are just like, I love my birth. I'm like, tell people that. No, I feel like I'm bragging. I feel bad saying that. I know I do too. But that's my favorite part. If I could just not be pregnant and give birth all the time, mm-hmm. I would love it. And I didn't have super easy births, but they weren't awful. Well, just they were that. Was, I mean, Luca was pretty easy. <laughs> like, wait, they were easy. <laughs> no, but Haley, your personality going into birth, like, oh, so much of that is like Lori's, like leaning into your personality and like, you know, knowing that you can get through it and kind of surrendering the power and saying whatever's come my way, I'll, I'll be able to handle. I mean, that's totally your person. I, I, I'm not in your birth, and I could see how your births would go. You could be a great doula too, Jess. I feel like you could be in my next birth if that ever happened. <laughs> Alongside Lori. Yeah, amazing. I I 
totally agree with you. I think uh, you, the way you show up in life is the way you show up in birth. You know, it's kind of like, that's why I try to build such strong relationships with my clients because I want to get to know who they are and how they operate because I'll, I'll be able to navigate the birth, you know, and understand them. And I don't believe in pushing somebody to do something that they're not wanting to do themselves. Um, and, and that's something about partners too. I want to say that not every partner has the capacity to like drop in and be completely present. And, you know, you got to look at where they shine and use them in that way. Because, you know, there's certain people that are like, listen, I love my partner. They're amazing. But um, he just is not very, he's not the nurturing guy, you know, or the nurturing girl. And, and like, I need somebody who can kind of give me a little TLC. And, you know, not everybody can be one person. One, and not one person can be everything for somebody. I just think that's an unrealistic expectation to expect from anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I could just talk to you all day. And every time we chat, I'm like, oh, I forgot that. Or, oh, I didn't even know that. And you're just such a, a wealth of knowledge. And I want to keep talking. But I also want to ask you one more question before we go is what made you feel full this week? I did five births in the last 12 days. So yeah, no, I mean, not this week, but like the last two weeks before this week. So when do you sleep? Well, that's what I'm telling you. Oh, sorry. All week. <laughs> um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and and like literally sat in nature at my house and unplugged from the world somewhat and just let myself sleep and rest and watch Netflix and just kind of stayed off social media a little bit more than I normally did and uh, just sat and hang out with my dogs and just went hiking with a girlfriend this morning. And that made me feel full. Sounds very peaceful and incredible. And you are the most incredible. And we're going to have to have you back on because we need to talk about breech babies. We need to talk about IVF journeys. We got We have to talk about it all. Yeah, so you are, I love you girls. We love you more. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.